Hey, I'm Brenna. And I'm AC. And welcome to An Obsessive Nature, where we're geeks, but we're also writers now. I got both my sides of my head shaved. <gasps> I look ah. punk AF. Yes, one of the guys who was in Hamilton actually, um, sorry, I know I'm being so chaotic today just holding my laptop, but <laughs> I want to make sure that I'm close to my desktop speakers or a microphone or whatever. Um, and this is the way I've decided to do it, at least for now. It's okay. So it's okay. Brenna gets to see like the entire screen taken up by Your my pores. face, different parts of my face. <laughs> my pores are tiny and petite, Brenna. How dare petite you? Petite pores. I ice them every day, all the time. Anyways, <laughs> I ice them. Lord. Um, I was gonna say my haircut is a lot like one of the current cast members of the Hamilton touring production. Woohoo! Woohoo! But, um, Brenna, I can't take myself seriously. It's like half of my face. <laughs> okay, I need to put this down. Um, Brenna is going to see Hamilton soon, and I just saw it, and honestly, it is, um, I who played Lafayette slash Jefferson is my favorite person that I've seen play him. Oh, wow. Yes. And two of the actors in the performance that we went to were understudies. And oh, that's they, cool. it was very exciting to watch them perform. I have never I have never watched the full production anywhere. I have never listened of to the full soundtrack anywhere. Like I haven't I don't know. I just haven't. I, I don't know how I feel about that type of musical, like about rap kind of and his style and Lin Manuel's style in musicals. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm sure I'll love it when I see it. But it's just kind of one of those things where I, like, I hear the song and I'm not sure how it would translate. I don't know. I'm just hmm. not sure how I would feel about it. But I'm sure I would. I'm sure I'll love it once I see it. And be there with all the emotions and all of that. So, Hot takes from Brenna. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I definitely, from what, you know, all the iconic songs that I have heard, I have liked. I'm just not, I don't know. Yeah. It's like my musical taste is, it's just a whole different thing. And you also, at this point... Yeah. chronically avoid watching the best pieces of entertainment and media so uh-huh. this tracks yep. from my point of view mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm joking yeah. obviously it took my i'm a huge christopher nolan fan and it took my coworker like paying me on venmo to actually watch interstellar for the first time so like <laughs> so See? like i just have an issue with getting into stuff like i have such a hard time with just mm-hmm. taking the first step and once i do i totally regret not taking it sooner but i like have such a hard time going jumping yeah. into stuff when it's not Marvel, I should say. Anyways, okay. So we're doing an Obsessions update today because it's about that time. Slash, yeah. it's uh, easier to plan for. So, <laughs> so Brenna, would you like to start? <laughs> sure. Um, I have been reading a lot of nonfiction, which is kind of weird because I never read nonfiction, or at least I like never wanted read. to read nonfiction. Oh. I never read too, but uh, no, I just like, it's not that common for me to ever want to read nonfiction uh, and I have yeah. been doing so and I've been enjoying it. I think it's like, I feel more productive when I read and I'm like obsessed with productivity. So if I read nonfiction oh. and learn something like, hey, it's all good. I can relax, but also be learning stuff. Hey, Brenna, um, you know what? You're a human being, not a human doing. <laughs> I know. I know. That is the best productivity quote I have heard. Anti-productivity quote I have heard. I love that. You're welcome. Do you want a t-shirt? I love that. Sure. 
I'll make you one one day. Um, that's awesome. Sounds good. What have you read? I have been, I read a couple books that Martin had also read. So How to Be Anti-Racist, which a lot of people read during um, like the riots and all of that. How, that was so long ago now. Was it in 2020? But still. No, it's like very, I mean, it's never going to yeah. be not relevant. No, I'm just saying like that, that. Yeah. I just, meant I just like, think it like, I feel like a lot of people read that book during that time. Um, and I read it and I also read White Fragility. Um, oh. which was really, which Martin also read, but like it's meant for, for white people to read. Um, and yeah. I really appreciate it. And I thought it was like extremely insightful. Um, That's awesome. What else? I have also read uh, Dan's mental health book. I finally read, Woo-hoo! I have owned it for a while, but I finally read it. And I actually finished it the day he came out with his, like his newest video that he finally released after like two years of being off I mean, YouTube. his two hour long. <laughs> I didn't even watch the whole the thing, but I was like. I was like, damn, I finished this the day he uploads this video, but it was actually super like, I'm used to, I read some mental health books that are like, that were written by a former therapist I actually had. And like, though this was like a very easy, like just normal, just like, just a dude explaining to you, like, yeah. you know, you could be, you could be better and, and do this. And it was just a really cool read and I really enjoyed it. It's um, awesome. So, I'm yeah. glad it was and Dan is so read. funny that like I, it was, Dan is so funny. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Hard-hitting question. Mm-hmm. The uh, journalist in me is coming out to play. Um, do you feel like as the long-term girlfriend slash fiance to a black man, Martin's so much more than that, but anyways. <laughs> yes, I understand. And having your sister who you do, who is not white either, mm-hmm. as... Uh, fa- fan, whoa, fans of the pod will know. Oh my god, by the way, I found the cutest picture of your mom and Mia and baby Mia in Shutterfly. Aww. Sorry, anyways. so cute. I was mm-hmm. like, where are you going with this that you're talking this so serious and like, oh my god, I found the cutest, like, dress. Like, no. Yeah. There's so many cute pictures of us and your family um, mm. at Girl Scouts, specifically. Oh my god. Um, baby Mia is, she's a whole other level. <laughs> With her bangs so and her short cute. hair. Ugh. She was like, I, I have so many videos of like us in middle school and she was always there and everyone was always like picking her up and she mm-hmm. people just adored her, yeah. which is so cute. I love that. But anyways, do you think that you had more of an insight before reading those books? I mean, obviously it's hard to say for sure because you're not another person. You are Brenna Elmore with all of your specific lived experiences. Mm-hmm. But... Do you, I don't know, do you feel like you learned a lot? Do you feel like maybe you knew more than the average person beforehand? Average quite person? Yes, I think that because Martin had read the books and like gained a lot out of them, mm-hmm. he would explain stuff to me. So I kind of, I learned some stuff like through that. I think the main, the main thing that a lot of it, like obviously I'd thought about, um, but the the main thing is like just if there's been times where I've had conversations where I realized I like in high school per se, where say a lot of people would call him an Oreo, which I Mm -hmm. didn't realize, like, I didn't even think that that was a derogatory term. Like I was just like, Oh, it's so endearing. Of course you'd want to be white, like on the inside (laughs) who wouldn't like, of course. And I realized like I was, there's just certain things where I think of in high school and stuff where he was one of eight black kids and it was really tough on him. And I just like had no idea. And it was just like, I had a blinders on Mm -hmm. and like going back in and like, 
talking through that stuff and realizing that I would kind of get upset at that. But the whole point of white fragility is like, just kind of don't like black men don't want to see white women cry anymore. Like they don't. And <laughs> like just learning to kind of just not like, I can still be emotional cause it's Martin and like it's, he's my partner, but learning to just yeah. be like, I'm not going to, I don't want to take up space in this space by me crying about how I made a racist like choice one time. Like I, I mm-hmm. try, like that's just a super, I don't know, something that like, I, I think that it's just interesting in, in all interactions um, that have to do with race, how uncomfortable white people get. And I mm-hmm. like it, the whole book was just insanely insightful about like why that is. And I mean, I didn't even say like, I didn't even know whether I could say black growing up. Like, I just thought it was mm-hmm. always African-American. That is what you call, you know, black people. Like, I, I didn't know. And I, there's all these things I didn't know growing up, but I was so confused and uncomfortable. And I think that now because seeing all this and being with like a black family so often, it's just a lot of things that, yes, I guess I kind of had a better insight into. But still, yeah. like, I mean, Martin learned stuff too from those books. And because mm-hmm. he grew up in a like a very dominant white neighborhood, white school. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And sometimes it was just, things like that all... give you a way to say or conceptualize a thing that you know is exactly. true. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot That's of like really definite, cool. a lot of like words and phrases that now I can kind of say, oh, this is that. Like I understand. Um, I don't know. I was very. Uh, my eyes were opened. That's awesome, and that's awesome stuff, that you guys really had good. conversations about it before and after. You, it sounds like before and after you mm-hmm. read. Yeah, um, a lot of stuff that he, you know, when he was reading through it was like, you should read this. And so I ended up Mm. reading the books and it was very helpful. I mean, I think everyone should, um, but Mm -hmm. I don't know, people probably won't. But I think every every white person should read at least White Fragility because it is very, like it's written by a white woman. And it's like she's trying the whole time to appeal to those people that are, you know, we're being discriminated against too like she's trying her best i'm sure people will still always say that but mm-hmm. i think it was a really good read and it was very uh i don't know yeah and i would say those books are probably going to have the biggest impact on people i mean on a range of people but yeah. like there's yes there's the people who are like we're being discriminated against too and then there's the people whose subtext says that but they don't say it out loud exactly yeah and i feel like those people are like probably a bit and i think also those people because they've learned how to hide it more probably interact with black people more often anyways so mm-hmm. i, I think it, it gave a really great definition of colorblind and all of that philosophy like i kind of knew that was not mm-hmm. really the right direction to go obviously because of like you know people that usually say that now are pretty bad annoying horrible people <laughs> like mm-hmm. people that usually say that at least in the media are like republicans and very like yeah, people don't have who, any like, racism anymore interacted with enough people or done enough internal yeah. thought to like even become aware of the fact that it's not yeah the thing but just anymore. how how colorblind ism i don't know how ex- it's explained in these books is like very it it just it never nece- i mean it occurred to me but it's just kind of something i never thought of growing up is like we don't want to you know whiteify whiteify that is not <laughs> whiteify everything and that's not like I, that's not what they want like mm-hmm. wh- why would they want that but we always thought oh this is how it is but yeah i don't know it's just so well and so i'm sure things, also but... and this is even i don't know i don't want to do get too philosophical especially because 
This is just an obsessions update. We're talking about race in America. I don't I know, right? Well, I think, I don't know. I can understand why you grew up with that POV, though, because you literally have a sister who's a different race than you, but was raised yeah, fully yeah. in a white situation. And um, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, psychologists are really only, and like social advocates are really only just starting to talk about that. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a very I read, emerging hold on. conversation. I have a really good quote. It was one of my favorite quotes. Um, mm-hmm. Let me find it. It was basically like, uh, let's see. Um, the most profound message of racial segregation may be that the absence of people of color from our lives is no real loss. Basically, like, we want mm-hmm. to live in white neighborhoods. Like we want, because that is where you get mm-hmm. higher is when you go higher up, there are more white people. Like that is the goal. And that ends up being more white people. So it's kind yeah. of like, you don't really living in, and it's not like, it, it is kind of like you want to blame your parents, but it's absolutely not their fault. It's just how, you know, it's how we're all socialized mm-hmm. into this country. And it's like, well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's a lot to unpack, but. Well, I really love all the things you've had to say about this book. You've convinced me to read it. <laughs> it's a really um, easy and short read. Like, it's it's really digestible, and I think it would be good, that's um, good. for anyone to read. So, Well, you heard it here first, mm-hmm. people. Just kidding. You didn't hear it here first. <laughs> yeah. <But laughs> I do really appreciate your specific insight, because I think I have heard a lot of people talk about these books or mention reading them, but I don't think anybody, I've ever talked to anybody about it that has your particular I don't know I think a lot of white people don't have that many people of color in their lives to such an important degree and a lot of people will will say I have this person color in my life I don't need to further work on this like Mm -hmm. I'm already not racist because I am married to a black like you know so I think that was also mentioned in the book that like that's not an excuse to not do anything else (laughs) like to not further better yourself so do you think your parents would read it my dad has read How to Be Anti-Racist, um, okay. and I think he's he's made it, like, a huge point in his career hiring people that he is, like, notorious for hiring, very diverse, and, like, he, he kind of is, like, my hero. He is, like, the coolest dad and the coolest, like, boss. He seems everyone loves him, and he, like, does a lot of these types of – he reads so many books and is, like, very – he's always yeah. trying to better himself and, you know, his management and who he, he hires. And um, I'm not sure if he's read White Fragility, but he is definitely – continuing his his lifelong work and i love that he's great um, that's amazing so well okay yeah. anyways on that note actually <laughs> yeah one of my things that i've been obsessed with lately is this reality dating show called courtship courtship <laughs> yes and it's like uh basically the bachelorette but like set in regency era but it's not really oh it's all God. modern like real people but they're in mm-hmm. like regency clothes and they like do Regency activities, but it's not really Regency activities. <laughs> and the main girl is definitely not in actual Regency clothes. She's, like, in sexy versions that are lightly inspired. Mm-hmm. But all the guys are in their jackets and knee socks and shit, and it's pretty cute. Um, That's so fun. And her family's there, which is great. Um, and instead of a rose ceremony, they do, like, individual one-on-one dances, and they, like, have whispered conversations about... <laughs> the oh my like God, conflicts in the relationship yeah it's pretty great um but anyways the the lead girl is black and her family is black um and they've had some really interesting conversations about race because it's like her top 
four or five were all white men. So talking to each one of them was really mm-hmm. interesting. And and her parents were involved in those discussions too. Like, And that was very interesting to see um, how a family deals with that. Mm-hmm. And how individuals deal with that, and especially in on such a basic platform that is so similar to a show that has handled it poorly many a time. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know if you don't have time to no homework assignment: read <laughs> White Fragility, then watch The Courtship, then read How to Be Anti-Racist, and I don't know. Go what to are some wedding. other <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, I, I watched a review of the entire Ultimatum show, but I did not watch the show, but I just, I died the whole time. It's like, this is the worst possible, oh my God, it was so bad. And of course, yeah. like, the black couple was together. Like, it was just, like, very, like, of course, they have to be together. The two black, the black woman and black man, like, no, we put them together. I'm like, why? <laughs> like, why does it have to be, uh, Yeah. so... I listened to this podcast, and they had some very interesting takes on Bachelor in Paradise. Um, oh, gosh. Like, on the one hand, there's never been, like, a, a black couple in Bachelor Nation. And there was yeah. on Bachelor in Paradise. And they kept saying, it's so great to see black love out here. <laughs> and obviously, it's two white ladies. Just like us. <laughs> um, oh. But it was interesting to hear them review that milestone in Batch Nation. That is... God. Oh. Um. But yeah, I'm also. What else am I watching? Oh my god. Yeah, I'm on a TV kick and a reading kick actually. Damn. So I've been doing a lot of fiction. It's all been very feminist <laughs> fiction, though. Nothing's wrong with that. Um. Yeah, it's very therapeutic for me, honestly. Mm-hmm. But I'll just tell you about my other TV show, and then I want to hear more about other stuff from you. Okay. But, um, I've been watching Gentleman Jack. Isn't that, like, the brand of, like, products that Jack Black makes? Or is that no. something different? <laughs> okay. No. It's about a lesbian who was a real person in okay. that, like, Regency era period who was a lady, technically, I guess. Um, like, in the royal sense. So, like, wealthy, landowning, head of the family type thing. Lesbian who has, like, multiple romances, um, even gets married. And it's just such a good show. It's so tongue-in-cheek and funny, but human and profound. And it brings me so much joy to know that this person existed. Um, She kept extensive diaries, but in code. Yes, that's the best. Right? That's like all those poets that wrote such obvious lesbian poems. That were just, but like, you could say they're not about being lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, God, there was this artistic trope, motif, whatever, um, of this like Greek myth where Zeus disguises himself as a woman and like has sex with this other female god. Um, and there's so many paintings of it. It's just the excuse to paint like lesbians but um it's hilarious because it's not really lesbians but it is (laughs) so but anyways yes i love that show it's so good it brings me so much joy i told mary kate she's my favorite lesbian character 
ever. The only one I mean, that I can think of that comes close is maybe Santana. Mm, okay. um, yeah. But I would much rather spend an eternity watching Gentleman Jack. <laughs> I, I, saw t- I saw a TikTok that was just like, this is what Glee was. And it was them... Dude, I don't remember what song it was, but the one where they all jumped into the pool and then Artie just flung himself into the pool. <laughs> yeah, that was um I think Will's proposal. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, you're right. Oh Lord. He did just throw himself where... into the pool. Yeah. I saw another one where Emma was that her name? Who like ripped yeah. Will's shirt off and like it was just the creepiest thing. There's so many. Glee is just a whole trip and a half. Yeah, uh, people will look at that one day to try and understand our generation and <laughs> understand. And they thankfully will realize how fucked up we truly were. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyways, tell me something else that you're obsessed with. I guess going off TV, I recently watched Moon Knight, which is Marvel Disney Plus show that I thought was. I actually, I think it was the first of the Disney Plus shows to actually be a new character um the rest have been like offshoots or like the main i guess i mean if you consider hawkeye a main character he is one of the original six adventures so um but i oscar isaac is now one of like my favorite actors he like shot to the top of my list he was so good um basically portrays a a man with did and i think it portrays pretty well i mean i'm not one to say i do not have did but like it was it kind of took a while to get there but i think that it I think that it was just really refreshing to see any type of mental illness portrayed in a way that wasn't um, like crazy. Like, cause the only other portrayals of DID on like were that What's one movie DID? where he's like, it's what they dissociative identity disorder. Oh, okay. okay. Um, yeah. Sorry. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> I followed some like DID YouTubers for a while. So I like never call it by its long ass You know name, the lingo. But, um, I think it's really cool that they didn't really portray one of them as like this horrible, like, I think in that one movie, Split, where he was, like, just a, like, an evil demon. Like, one of the personalities just, yeah. like, it was horrible. Um, it's such a, like, oh, were you in Namoff's class where somebody wrote about, they, like, wrote into that trope and he, like, called it out? He wasn't even, he wasn't mean about it. He was just like, you know, this is something yeah. people often do and it's pretty, mm-hmm. like, derogatory. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember. Okay. Um, but anyways, but continue. That is, that is cool of him to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was like I really enjoyed it and I liked the there was like barely any of the actual superhero like in it it was a mm-hmm. lot to do with you know his mental state and you could see um, the my favorite episode was the one where they actually delved into like when the DID started and it was mm-hmm. just heartbreaking and beautiful mm-hmm. and it was his mother was beating him and he like you mm-hmm. could see the first time he switched to another person that could like handle it and it was just mm-hmm. so emotional and like Oh my oh, god, um, I sobbed like a baby, and I think it was. Yeah. I think these Disney these Disney Plus shows have like made just a lot of these Marvel shows, and I guess this I think the Star Wars ones too. Probably it just like gives mm-hmm. us so much more time to develop the characters and in an emotional yeah. level that's not just like action and craziness. And it was just beautiful, and I really I ended up really liking it. There were some episodes I wasn't like the biggest fan of, but I think overall mm-hmm. it became one of my favorite Marvel shows so far. Um, wow. And Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac literally played two different people, and I fell in love with both of them, and they were so Whoa. completely different, and he killed it. Like, he did such a good job. So, <laughs> I was very uh, happy about that. And, yeah. 
And then, Fabulous. Uh, that's, that's what I was watching. I don't know what else I've been watching other than YouTube, like always. Ah. More uh, <laughs> roller coaster highlights? <laughs> Compilation? Dis- Disney highlights, but yeah, sure. Oh, Disney, excuse Disney me. Park, Disney Park videos. My deepest um, apologies. K-pop as well, but yeah. Oh. I gotta watch, like, the super... Like, I, I gotta read and watch, like, the intellectual stuff and then just all the nonsense on YouTube. So I think that's a good balanced life. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I'm over here uh, with like period fiction and then reality TV shows. And it's been that way for quite some time at this it point. Really has. So. It really has. <laughs> um, in that vein, my books that I've been reading. So I finally, um, called the library to like recertify my library card i think you have to do that like every three years to make sure you still have the same address and shit which is annoying but whatever i I wish i could do it online since i was five so yes well that's because you don't read you bitch i think it's i think it's because i have the privilege of just buying whatever book that i want and i understand like i don't like i i mean yes the library is good but like i've never even thought about it because i just and then i guess i was a college student so i could just kind of look and get stuff from the libraries there well and i have i mean my mom's always been a library person so that's part of why i started out and then Mm -hmm. my library card went dead it was from like (laughs) 2000 and I finally brought it back like five years ago to get a new one and they were like really confused and stunned when they saw it because it's like totally different now you could tell it was from like the 90s basically you could tell when your signature looked like a two-year-old wrote it because they did yeah (laughs) um and you don't even put your signature on them anymore it's so (laughs) so weird but anyways um (sighs) But my problem is I go through so many audiobooks specifically that I can't buy them. No, and there's so totally many books fair. in my apartment too. Like I cannot. Totally I mean, fair. I could, but. And it's like and you, I want, do you don't sometimes. know if you're gonna like it, which I also yeah. understand. I just like am very. I just barely read, so that's also a reason I don't have. Yeah. <laughs> what you well, said. and when I do, so. it's not like I'm reading all the time, but I go through really strong kicks. Like, I've probably, since our last podcast, I've read at least 20 books, I think. Okay, good. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I have have written maybe 20 words since our last podcast. (laughs) That's not true. I've written a little bit more. Well, you uh, know, the only words I've written in the last year, I've been paid to do. So, except for that one little podcast exercise we did. Oh, yeah. So... But anyways, um, yeah, I, I I did still buy a couple of them because the wait line for the audiobook, because even though it's an audiobook, they can't do endless, yeah. like, copies. You have to, they only have a certain amount of copies and they have lines for each. And I was reading a series and I, like, had to, I wasn't going to wait, like, a full month. Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous. You know the struggle, yeah. Yeah, so I read um, The Lunar Chronicles, which apparently was a big thing a while ago. I feel like I've heard of, is that the name, that's like the name of the series? I definitely have heard yeah. of that. I loved it. It's like each book is based on a fairy tale and it's all this like future dystopian okay. version of Earth. 
Yeah, the book that I'm planning on reading next is by that author. It's the the superhero series that she also. I'm assuming. Oh, sorry, cool. I probably sh- I probably shouldn't assume it's a woman, but I'm gonna go ahead and assume it is. Marissa. A yes. Yeah. Um, I'm reading. Name. I have. <laughs> well, no, I didn't see her name. I just oh. figured it was a woman who wrote the series. Oh. Yeah. What's it called? Um, um, the first book is Renegades. I'm not sure what okay. the series is called, but it's like a superhero one that I've been wanting to read forever, and it is older as well. But I yeah. realized that she also wrote this series, the Lunar um, Chronicles. So, yeah, and I also read. Um, I have that the Renegade on my like holds list too, but I have bits mm-hmm. set to come. Uh, uh, rentable. Yeah, loanable. Whatever. I don't know. Um at a later date because I'm I needed a little bit of a tone change but yeah. I also read a f- fiction realistic fiction well sort of like a little YA romance one off by her that I really liked so hmm. yeah highly recommend um I that's not all period pieces you're reading YA I wouldn't consider YA like very like hard well, it's hard hitting I wouldn't consider it very um how do I put this? <laughs> it's different than reading literary fiction, I should say. I don't know. I No, uh, I'm not done. I understand that those aren't my feminist good. period piece <laughs> I, I know, I know. Books. Um, but it does fall, at least the first series falls into my like weird obsession with um, alternate timelines and time periods, yeah. but Fair. especially with the, with the, slightly change i just love i love taking a really well-known fairy tale and putting it in a totally different context and like all the details you can see that they change slightly um, what was that book that we were kids like we first there, there was that one book that like they would sell in the scholastic book um and like we had it in our libraries at school it was like the first kind of iteration of that it was like a middle grade book but i remember it very well it but it definitely was like wasn't the first iteration of it well but... no in my in our lives i felt like it was the first iteration of that happening um, and now it's just so gail carson now, levine but... did that a lot she wrote Elle enchanted mm. but she also wrote yeah. a bunch of other books was that who you're thinking yeah. of no it's not it's not who i was thinking of um but there was um, like an, it was very there is a middle grade one that i i remember it was like a version of rapunzel maybe Mm-hmm. Let me Google it. I'm and not I sure, but I definitely remember it. Definitely the Scholastic Book Fair was present. Gail Carson Levine was the first author talk I went to. I got her to sign all my books, and I got a book about writing. That's so cool. Yeah. The poor thing, she had, like, really, really bad, um, like, oh, what's the, like, hand, I- carpal tunnel. Oh, interesting, yeah. And it was, like, a terrifying view into my own future. I don't know. I don't know what book. I mean, I could always look at somebody's Goodreads list, which is never like the best, most accurate way of telling books. But yeah, I don't know. I do remember. I might have it somewhere. We will return to this unless you find it while we're talking. But so my other books that I've read that I've loved so far or recently, um, one was called... The Once and Future Witches, and it was about mm. witches who were abolitionists. <laughs> um, Weren't all abolitionist witches? <laughs> oh, no. Excuse me. Sorry. Suffragettes. That. Whoa. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's I mean, the... St- <laughs> yes. No. I I feel like those history history words are hard. 
I'm yeah. Just like, Same group of people, uh, yeah. different mission. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically. But yes, yeah, suffragette witches, and it was so good. It was so... I loved this author's writing style. I'm really finding that I enjoy, like, dark fiction set in the South. Um, That's what I'm writing. I mean, it's not really, it's not period. period. <laughs> it's, yeah. That's cool. Um, but, yes, I love, I just started um, the Southern, what is it called? Southern Book Club Vampire Killing Something. Where's my phone? I don't know. Oh. Solid. It is... I have to pull it up. Man, I'm so prepared and professional. It has it's, been a long week and it's Tuesday, so you don't need to worry. Honestly crazy. The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. And it's a bit more graphic than what I usually read. Like, I... Usually I don't read or watch things that like I can't eat during (laughs) if only because like I usually listen to and watch things while I'm eating (laughs) fair I was gonna say like I don't get that way when I read but if I'm listening to it yeah I would probably get that way so really oh interesting I think like when I actually read the text I don't know if I I don't know I don't know. Now I want you to read this passage that really got me in oh, um, this book. But it was basically, like, definitely our first sighting of a vampire. is like this elderly woman whoa, in the neighborhood who <laughs> the main character finds, like, surrounded by her tipped over, like, trash cans outside with, like, her mother-in-law's used, like, adult diapers and coffee grounds surrounding her. And she's eating a raccoon, and the inten- hmm. intestines are described as like lavender and translucent, hmm. okay. which is kind of beautiful and not really that disgusting. But I promise you, the way the rest of it was written, it was very disgusting. Yeah, I I have similar memories reading, uh, which it's uh, what is it called? Warm Bodies, the one that got turned into mm-hmm. a movie, uh, mm-hmm. and where mm-hmm. they specifically talked about penises a lot because uh, of you know well, I they mean, were that doesn't ruin my appetite explaining zombie penises and how they don't work basically I think is what it yeah. was <laughs> which like okay that's great I'm I'm good yeah uh. so very relatable content people I want to read you a quote from the author's note at the beginning oh gosh okay and then I'm going to be done with my personal obsessions because I keep monologuing but um what's new nothing this is how it always goes With this book, I wanted to pit a man freed from all responsibilities but his appetite against women whose lives are shaped by their endless responsibilities. I wanted to pit Dracula against my mom. As you'll see, it's not a fair fight. Damn. (laughs) Yeah. So, right up my alley. I love that so much. Mm Mm-hmm. And the witches book that I mentioned um, has my favorite ever uh, birth, delivery, like, pregnancy story. Mm-hmm. Of all time, it's so. You mean Bella's? Bella's wasn't. <laughs> I still have tra- like I still have traumatic flashbacks to that scene because I hated it. I hated reading it so much. I don't it even think like of that in the same ended. vein as like pregnancy stories. I know I don't either. I'm just. <laughs> but no, but I. It's wild that you because it is, but yeah. like. Because I think I'm that's so... one of the only instances I've read of like 
because I mean I usually read YA and there's not a lot of pregnancy in YA. Yeah. Well, I watch a lot of YouTubers like daily oh, vlogs with their pregnancy same. stuff. So and then um, have seen a, maybe a couple TV shows that have engaging pregnancy stories, but this was like beautiful, empowering. Um, mm. It's the main characters are three sisters, and like the way they support each other through it is just like ugh, I love it. Oh. Oh. bunch of little mama bears but anyways do you have anything else on your list tell me all about them um one of the things speaking of witches is is multiverse of madness which is more mm. marvel but i think i watched a lot of videos about it because i wasn't sure how to feel about the movie because it's wandavision is like my favorite show of all time and this kind of to me it felt like it negated a lot of what wandavision did for the character hmm. um and I kind of got a little frustrated at that. Uh, yeah. But I think that, like, I don't know. Like, she's still a very empowering female character, and she's everyone's, like, favorite female superhero at this point. Mm-hmm. She's probably my favorite superhero period at this point in the MCU because Elizabeth Olsen is, like, the best actress, and she's so good in playing this role. Um, she's definitely most relatable. Just, like, everyone else is kind of obnoxious and egotistical. No offense. Like, them. the actors, you mean? Or just... No, no, no. In, like, Their the characters. superheroes in the movies. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I agree. I can... No, I agree. I mean, I think that's the point for some of them, and that's kind of yeah. the dichotomy between her and Doctor Strange in this film is, like... And I actually... I think this movie, like, I... I completely fell in love with Doctor Strange as a character because it compared him to other versions of himself in different universes that were like horrible. And I think mm-hmm. that's kind of we fi- like I finally found like empathy for him. And Sounds it's taken like this long. Something um, familiar they did with a character whose name is Loki. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sorry. Continue. I think. I think that uh, the the main issue that I think would have helped the film completely is just. Because the end of WandaVision, you see her, like, kind of getting into the, the dark hole, which is that book where she's essentially losing her mind trying to find her kids. Not really losing mm-hmm. her mind. She's being, like, what is the word? Why can't I remember the word? It starts with the C. Uh, what is the word? She's being, um, oh, my God. <laughs> like. The thing uh, she's lost starts with a C? No, like, she's being, like, corrupted? not controlled. Corrupted, that is the word. I was like, not controlled, not contaminated. Like, what is a good word? <laughs> yeah, like, she's being corrupted, and you can see it starting to happen, but then at the beginning of Multiverse of Madness, she's just completely lost. Like, you don't see her, like, she's completely already corrupted, is killing, brutally murdering people. Like, it's just, there wasn't mm-hmm. any sort of, enough of a transition between WandaVision and this. Um, and I get that every, like, director and stuff do different, like, they, they treat the characters differently. Um, yeah. And I think that was kind of the main issue I had. But at the same time, I think Elizabeth Olsen has talked about it a lot. Like, she's still a very empowering female character. And as much as she was a villain in this, people still love her. And Mm -hmm. I think that the fact that, like, she's a mother. I mean, not, Mm -hmm. I guess she, not, like, not, not like, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, she is. But it's just, it's so confusing. But she is. And I think that's super, she's a working mom. And by yeah. working, I mean she's trying to find her kids because she doesn't have them in this universe. <laughs> so she's going to steal really them. It's actually really interesting else. because the way that story in WandaVision went, she kind of experienced like everything that women of the past several generations, mothers throughout yeah. the past several generations have experienced. That's fascinating. So she's like 
the every woman, but to a generational degree. Whoa. Yeah, and I think she, uh, like at the end, she was redeemed, of course. Like, of course they had to do that. Um, but it's just kind of, she was just so focused on finding her kids. and But she was just willing to kill anybody to, to yeah. steal them from another universe or, or kill the Wanda that was like that in that universe. And I think it was just, it was very, I really liked it. I think I liked Spider-Man No Way Home better in terms of, like nostalgic cameos. I was expecting like all the X-Men cameos and shit for this movie, but it ended up just being Wanda and Dr. Strange's like story. And it was really good. Um, I, still, I like, finally watched No Way Home. Home. Yeah. It's so cute. There's definitely parts that are like, just so make my heart so happy. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really good. Yeah. The like so, layers yeah. of allusion to the past were kind mm-hmm. of crazy. Like there were really small yeah. moments that yeah absolutely and like they did every single thing like every single thing that fans wanted they did like they talked about how um toby mcguire's spider-man shoots it out of his body like shoots <laughs> the webs out of his like they did every little thing they did the, the meme they made sure to do the meme of all them pointing at each other like it's not yeah. necessarily i don't know it's just a lot of that movie was really good um and i'm really excited for thor as well which the la- latest trailer last night looked just insane and i'm so excited because Ragnarok is one of my favorite Marvel movies. Like, it's shot to the top of the list. Because Taika Waititi <laughs> did such a good job with it. Um, Fucking love him. So he... And you know that it's... You know that we're having a, a woman Thor? And her arm muscles? Like, I could faint. She looks fantastic. <laughs> well, of course. It's Taika Waititi. Yeah. I know. I'm he very excited. He is such an ally. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I think that he's... Ugh. He's just great. Um, the things so. that our flag means death is going to do for peeps is just wild. I still think pe- people are upset about, I, I know that he made that like Nazi film as well. I don't remember what You mean it was, my but, favorite movie of all time? Really? Oh, good. Okay. Then I'm not upset about it if it's your favorite movie. I just know that people did kind of, people were a little, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure some people were. I think people who were, though, didn't understand the story. It Yeah, the whole story no. was about propaganda and like dehumanizing Mm -hmm. and how that ultimately fails like in the face of actual interaction with human beings okay (laughs) yeah but i'm very excited and marvel is great and also i've been cross-stitching a little bit as well that is my last one (laughs) ah like what i think i talked about embroidering like months and months ago on another episode but i kind of have leaned more towards cross-stitch because it's like it's so much easier to make it look good because mm-hmm. embroidery, like, you have to learn all the different stitches, and sometimes it can be really hard to make something look good. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's just, it takes a lot more, I don't know. I just like, and I like how cross-stitch, like, works. I just like how it, yeah. how cool it looks. Like, please. And please it's admire, a grid. Please admire my Pokemon that I made, Martin. That's beautiful! <laughs> so cute! Obviously, I mean, you just follow a pattern, and, like, I just think it's, it's like I'm making something that I'm not necessarily super, like, yeah. I don't know. It's just easy to do, and I, it kind of reminds me of when I used to knit growing up, And but I like the mm-hmm. finished product more than I like a knitted scarf, so. Yeah. My <laughs> mom has always been a big cross-stitcher. She goes mm-hmm. through phases, but yeah, cross-stitch pillows, maybe that can be mm-hmm. next on your list. Because you can, like, make so many different things out of it. Anything that you can mm-hmm. put, like, fabric on, like, you can put it in a frame, or you can yeah. make it, like... Yeah, a pillow, a bag, whatever, so. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. I love, what what Pokemon is that? Uh, Sobble. Okay. 
it's like the it's the newest because we we started playing the newest Pokemon. I mean, it's not really new anymore, but we played it, and it's like Aww. the the water the water starter Pokemon for the latest Switch or like the latest mainline game. So cute. You guys are yeah. such nerds. I think we're done, right? Yeah, I don't. I think we we covered a lot. Okay, I'm going to screen share with you in a second to show you this picture of your mother. Oh. It's I'm really blurry, so it does kind of look demonic. <laughs> Great. Okay, never mind. I'm not going to cry. But it's cute. But it does look demonic. And you can tell it was taken at my, like, little child's height. <laughs> and our listeners can hear her auditorially react. And also Sugar uh, rubbing himself all over the carpet. <laughs> and by himself, I don't mean his butthole. Okay, that's good. He's just rolling around. Yeah. Like a cute Molly dog. does that. Okay. <laughs> I remember I remember that poncho she used to have. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's such a fashionista. Over, she, my mother is a white like, turtleneck. A white, a white turtleneck with a black like it's not like fishnet, but it kind of reminds me of fishnet like a poncho over it. Yeah, very <laughs> loose knit. <laughs> Aw. Mia looks so Her makeup's happy. on point though. I know. She's making the face you make when you contour. Like no. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Like, oh my god! With like a tiny little baby in her hands, and she's got that outfit on, and her makeup, and her hair, and stuff. <laughs> I'm impressed. I can tell. I can tell a child took this photo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Excuse me, aren't you supposed to be a photographer? What is this? <laughs> it's all blurry. It's my early it's days. Like, it's, it's very artistic. stereotypical, like 2000s flash camera. It just looks. I know. It's so funny. Oh. She's so just, cute. I love Mia's that you can still so tell cute. your mom is glamorous, but the way that it blurs on her face <laughs> is just horrible. I feel so bad. But she still looks great, but it's still... I know. I'm like, I'm sorry, Mrs. Elmore. <laughs> Mia looks funny. She's yeah. a little baby. So oh. chubby. She's very chubby. <laughs> her cheeks. I'll never forget those uh, cheeks. I know. Ugh. Well, thank you for sharing that. Of course. In the in the youth house, it's the best place. <laughs> <laughs> that's where that's where this photo takes place. One of my favorite things Ugh. is stumbling across old photos of us. Um, I love. It's uh, wild how many I pictures love, we took together. Yeah, it's just we we were. I don't know if we were like that close. I feel like we were we closer were. when we were younger because we were in Girl Scouts and stuff and all that, but. Apparently. I don't know. But I don't remember I being that close when I we were younger. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I, I don't remember at all, but sure. Yeah. Um, but I'm happy it happened, and I'm happy I have photographic proof. Same. I agree. So. Okay. Well, it's a perfect way to end this episode. I will yes. send that to my mom and tell her you think she looks gorgeous. <laughs> yes. And that I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that too. Uh, Anyways, alrighty, have a good evening. Thanks for listening, or whatever. Thanks I guess all. we'll say that in the recording after this. Thanks for listening. If you liked the episode, feel free to give us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. You can follow us on Twitter at ObsessNaturally or email us at anobsessivenature at gmail.com. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs>